Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and it's great to uh, be back on the air again. And today we have a very interesting guest, Manina Murphy. And she has a very interesting social enterprise. And we're going to get started right away. Manina, what's the name of your business? Uh, hi, Peter. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my business is called About Space Design. Okay, so let's first get into your academic situation. Mm-hmm. Did, did you go to post-secondary? Uh, not in a uh, conventional way. Um, after high school, I um, really didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. And, um, uh, you know, in those days, which was quite a while ago, um, it wasn't really uh, a thing to take off a year and figure out what you wanted to do. But nonetheless, I, that's kind of what I was doing. Um, and my interests were really in art and um, uh, social services. Um, but both my parents were professionals. My father was the, the CEO of a large corporation, and they both said, uh, nah, there's no money in that. <laughs> so um, so I, uh, I went to work. And uh, I worked in banking for a while, and then I actually did go into um, corporate uh, management and worked my way up the ladder. And, um, and then it, along the way, I had taken um, a number of courses in fashion marketing, um, things like that, more so on the creative side. Um, and uh, fast forward. Uh, hold hold on, I... hold on now, hold on. <laughs> let, let, let's go back to your work experience. You work for a bank. I did. In in what area? I worked, I, I worked in the Royal Bank um, in Montreal, which is where I'm from, and um, I worked in their um, security section um, and it was really just an entry level uh, position um, but I that was something that I just really couldn't get into very dry so um, I ultimately uh, left that position and went to work um, uh, for in a corporate uh, uh, workplace and, again, started at entry level um, and then worked my way up to um, operations and customer service manager. Okay. So that went on for a while. And then what was your next uh, step? Well, um, I had two kids um and uh, after my second one um i decided that i 
this just wasn't really where I wanted to be anymore. Um, and I left that position. Um, just kind of did, you know, contract work um, from home while looking after the kids. Um, then I had my third uh, child. And I happened into a an opportunity to do um, uh, a creative project, which was um, a, a commercial decorating uh, for a for a mall, and that was kind of where I had my aha moment, and that was when I started to pursue interior design. So. How did you come up with the name of your uh, your business? Well, um, it, it really was a bit of a brainstorming uh, with a couple of friends. Um, and uh, my uh, philosophy, really, and when I kind of looked around, I what I saw was um, a lot of people uh, professionals in the um, in that industry uh, were kind of more about their style than the client's style um, and I didn't want to do that you know I wanted it to be about your space and about you and so that's kind of how that that came about okay so let's Dive a little deeper. What is it that you do? You work with residential and commercial clients? So, uh, yep, residential, uh, commercial, professional uh, workspaces. And um, up until about, I would say, a year and a half ago, um, I, I really didn't, um, it was more of a part-time effort and I always felt like there was something more to it for me, um, than just sort of the fluffy stuff, uh, you know, um, fabulous throw pillows and, you know, gorgeous rugs. Um, it, for me, it was, it, there was more of a, an emotional connection. Um, so I, pursued um, uh, some professional development in that area um, and which applies again to residential uh, commercial um, office workplaces um, that kind of thing um, but I but I started to pursue evidence-based design well, that's that's an interesting term what does that mean so evidence-based design um, is basically a, a multidisciplinary, holistic approach uh, to creating a, a human-centered uh, environment um, based on evidence. And so that evidence-based design uh, developed in the um, healthcare sector um, after decades of research, uh, they um, uh, have proven science uh, that says the built environment has a 
has a profound impact on mood and behavior and and um, in the healthcare sector um, was the the exciting thing for them was um, uh, improved patient outcomes and so that uh, started to you know generate a lot of um, interest and and so there are um, some countries a lot of it in the US um, not so much in Canada um, use evidence-based design in new facilities um, and redesign um, of other areas and in particular it's um, very significant to their psychiatric units um, you know, m- mental health units. Um, and so, you know, I looked at that as an opportunity to bring that into other domains. So you also have a give back component to what you're doing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, my, you know, my personal kind of um, passion where my heart is is um, for at-risk youth. And um, uh, right now I'm working with uh, Blue Door Services uh, for um, their transitional housing for youth, for boys, um, to renovate, if you will, uh, that house. Um, And the reason being is that um, I feel very strongly um, that the the environments that you see in most um, non-profit buildings and home, you know, uh, environment is really just kind of thrown together um, because there's no budget for for things like that. It's never really been given any um, uh, importance or priority. Um, but in fact, it it has uh, such a significant uh, um, influence and the. The, the way that uh, the current environments are really is is l- lacking in any kind of sort of um, supportive or restorative you know um, elements that that are that support uh, healing and and in fact they more so it reinforces, um, you know, the stigma around homelessness and um, because it's, 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 it says, you know, you're not worth putting more into this. Um, and, I, and so my goal was to um, provide a restorative, um, and supportive environment in in an integrative way um, for the clients at uh, Kevin's place. So, for those listeners who don't know, Kevin's place is one of the buildings 
at a homeless shelter operation uh, just north of uh, Newmarket. So, Nina, if we could take that forward, would that also apply, or could that apply to jails? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, in fact, you know, I mean, the, some of the challenges in correctional facilities, uh, of course, is, is behaviors and, and um, uh, you know, managing uh, that population. And really, the environment has so many environmental stressors um, that it 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 just um, agitates and and uh, creates uh, more um, sort of uh, undesirable behavior because there really is nothing that takes that uh, you know. Uh, anxiety and anger and all of those negative emotions, there's nothing to sort of uh, counteract that. And, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of people in jails that are either, you know, waiting for a trial date or, you know, have mental health issues. And, um, you know, that, that experience for them is unbelievably traumatic. Um, you know, w wouldn't it be wonderful if there were areas in correctional facilities that, um, that in fact worked towards, you know, reducing anxiety, creating, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, creating, you know, um, an environment where the stressors are removed and the triggers um, and provided, you know, an opportunity to sort of um, decompress rather than elevate. Um, so I think there's tremendous possibilities Um you know, not only for the, the people that are incarcerated, but should equally uh, be provided for, for the staff, uh, because that's a pretty stressful environment to work in. And, you know, I don't know what their uh, staff rooms look like, but um, I don't imagine, you know, that's a place where um, they would uh, go to recharge their, their batteries so, obviously, uh, it, if this concept could be sold and educated, it could apply to marginalized, it could apply to detox centers, incarcerated and homeless. So that's a, a very positive step forward, and that's what makes you a social innovator. So right. let's, uh, let's move this a little bit forward in terms of Examples. Can you give me a couple of examples where you've uh, done some work and how that has made a difference? Sure. Um, so, uh, for example, um, a therapist's office 
that I did was, um, you, you know, the a lot of therapists have a lot of, um, I'll say, clutter um, because of all of the, you know, books and information and and so on and. And really, not a lot of attention is paid to uh, the how that space is designed. Um, and so, my goal with the um, this therapist was to create um, environment an, an environment that removed uh, triggers. Um, and in doing so, um, you know, was supportive for, uh, her clients, a lot of whom were trauma survivors. So, um, for that kind of population, uh, you know, the, you want that client to be as relaxed and open to, um, the process of, of therapy. And so, I incorporated um, biophilic design, uh, which is the um, sort of connection to nature. So using natural um, materials and and, um, elements, uh, bringing in, um, you know, plants and uh, scenes of nature, um, lighting is super important, so we switched out the lighting. Um, compact fluorescents are something that many people use. Um, they may not have switched over to LEDs yet, so um, compact fluorescents have all kinds of negative um, physical and mental um, uh, in, uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, side effects. And so that was super important as well. Uh, the placement of furniture um, is another thing, um, especially for trauma survivors. Uh, it's, it's a really key strategy in um, making that person feel safe. And so that safety component is huge for um, that kind of client, um, and, uh, yeah, so those were kind of key things, uh, the colors in the room, uh, also, you know, very important to not, uh, use, like, um, really, um, saturated hues, you want, something more muted and um, calming. Um, and so those were some of the, the strategies that I used in creating that space. What about, art, what about artwork? So artwork is super important, and that kind of ties into the um, biophilic design because um, when you have uh, representations of um, nature, so... Um, you know, whether it's like a landscape or um, a forest scene or, you know, uh, a scene with water. Um, those, are, those are all proven to 
um, reduce anxiety, um, slow the heart rate, um, it improves uh, concentration. Um, so it's a positive distraction, which is another really important piece for therapists. Um, uh, and so that kind of artwork is really important as opposed to, you know, what, what um, you personally like um, because that's a very subjective thing and you don't want to have um, an art piece that is some kind of trigger, right? So, um, so that's where the, the artwork comes in um, and using biophilic design principles. So let me, get, let me really throw you a curveball and see how oh, you boy. would handle this one. <laughs> oh, uh, no. A community of faith, whether it's yes. a mosque, a synagogue, a church, a parish, how could you use your approach in those types of situations? Well, I mean, it would depend on, you know, what the space is being used for. So first and foremost, um, you know, the, the process for me is sitting down with all the stakeholders to determine who uses the space, um, who, you know, who are those users, how do they use the space, um, how do they need that space to serve them, what kinds of activities are taking place, um, you know, what, what's working, what isn't working. Um, so that's really sort of the starting point and super critical um, to determining um, the design concept. Um, and, you know, again, probably in a lot of cases, um, it would, what that would look like would be maybe their, their community room where they, they're holding activities, um, meetings, et cetera, or maybe gathering for uh, meals or something like that. So, you know, the same kind of principles apply. Um, you know, lighting is, is huge because that's, again, it's an environmental stressor. And in a lot of those uh, types of uh, spaces, you still see the, um, the tube fluorescence, you know, the ceiling uh, fixtures. And, like, that has like that's a huge thing so you know those types of the same type of strategies would apply but it really um is determined by uh what the what serves the those users so you know a holistic and human-centered approach to that okay that's that's a big challenge to uh to deal with stakeholders with a community of faith but uh, it's, sure. an, it's an interesting uh, market to possibly tap into that you may not have thought of. So I, I, I haven't thought of it. No, I haven't, haven't had that kind of project. Okay, so three years from today, what's your company going to look like? Um, well, what I'd like it to look like is uh, 
uh, a social enterprise that collaborates and partners with um, other, you know, businesses and companies um, towards improving um, nonprofit spaces. Um, I think because of the sort of the current COVID climate, um, I would imagine that, you know, because we're now sort of switching to virtual um, connecting, networking, and also, um, you know, um, facilitating, um, I imagine that will be part of what happens um, moving moving forward. Um, but for me, the, the big focus would be on, um, you know, bringing people together to work as a um, socially responsible, stigma-free um, society. So having said that, can you do some of your work remotely, say, with a location in Vancouver? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, now with um, Zoom and, and other platforms like that, it's, um, um, it definitely makes it possible. Um, you know, the, uh, and, and, you know, once you've seen the space in terms of doing, um, you know, a, a space plan or um, uh, a design, other than actually viewing the space, you know, we use um, design software. And that, I mean, obviously the, uh, the client would have to supply, uh, you know, measurements and dimensions and that kind of thing. But once you have that, um, you can, you know, use the software, share that virtually. Uh, so, yeah, it really doesn't matter where you're located geographically. Okay. Well, that's, that's terrific. So a very interesting social enterprise. Nina Murphy, how do people get in contact with you? So uh, my my website is www.aboutspacedesigns.com, um, and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and yeah, all my all my information is on there. Um, I also have a blog on my website, and. Um, my phone number is, all my contact info is there, and yeah, reach out. I'd love to help. Okay, well, thank you for your time today. I think you have a very well, enterprising uh, operation, and we look forward to you uh, moving it forward and being very successful. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks for having me on today.